We are so excited to share our podcast sponsor for this season of Millennial Women Talk, the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program. The mission and vision of the HSI Scholars Program is to provide an academic year of scientific research experience, professional mentorship, leadership skills, workshops, and cultural competence training to promising undergraduate students at HSIs. The program aims to prepare future physicians, nurses, researchers, healthcare administrators, and public health professionals. The HSI Scholars Program will also award a stipend scholarship to a total of 30 students, representing institutions in Florida, Puerto Rico, Chicago, Houston, New York, and Los Angeles. As Latinas ourselves, we strongly support Hispanic-serving institutions across our country. The inaugural year of the program was widely successful, and we are thrilled to announce that 30 new finalists will be a part of the second year. Students who are a part of the program will have the opportunity to attend the American Heart Association Scientific Session in Chicago this year and get connected with the association's healthcare network that is ongoing and could lead to potential career opportunities. We want to thank the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program for sponsoring this season of Millennial Women Talk. We are honored to support their mission of serving diverse researchers and healthcare professionals by providing undergraduate students with academic and career enriching resources. Our community deserves access to education in order to build better health equity. If you or someone you know is interested in entering the HSI Scholars Program, check out the link in the description for more details. And now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, MW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcacci, and we are two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk podcast. We are so grateful that you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you. And we are thrilled to be on this journey together. <laughs> on this episode, we got the chance to speak with Lauren Reidinger. She is a powerhouse entrepreneur who built a billion dollar business from scratch. When no one thought shopping on the internet would work, Lauren, alongside her husband, JR, had a vision that would disrupt the way people shop and make money by launching shop.com. She has been named Vogue's top 100 influential women, a top 50 entrepreneur by Business Leader Magazine, and Forbes also named Lauren's personal blog, Lauren's World, a top 100 website for women. Lauren's inspiring story proves that with the right mindset and a clear vision, anything is possible. Here is our conversation with Lauren Reidinger. Amazing. So it's so funny because Mel and I were on this clubhouse room. I think it was Breakfast with Champions. Yeah. And you were on there and you were just gem after gem after gem. <laughs> and I remember like texting Mel back and forth. We're like, Lauren Reidinger is amazing. Like. <laughs> We would be so honored. We have to talk to her. And, you know, one of the most, the thing that really stood out to us, how vulnerable you were, how open you mm -hmm. were about your story. And so a lot of people don't know your story. And I really would love to kick off this conversation with you just sharing a little bit about you, how you started, like the journey of Lauren. So I think uh, that's a great question because I think, you know, everybody's always thinking that you know, you arrive and, and this is the glory of being successful, right. but you know, there's a huge journey and you right. know, you take a lot of, you know, bow and arrows along the way, you get shot <laughs> you and you sweat and, and, you know, you really are a pioneer. And, and you know, in 1992, you know, I was, you know, I practically just became an adult myself. You know, I was in right. 21, 22 years old and you're, literally trying to make it and you're wondering, you know, how you can convince other people of this vision, this dream that you have in order to be successful. And for us, it was people will shop online one day. People will buy their clothes, their shoes, their health and nutritional products, their, their beauty cosmetics, you know, cosmeceuticals, nutraceuticals, whatever it was, they would buy it online one day. And back then that was preposterous because people didn't have computers. They 
They used to go to the library to borrow a computer. They didn't have, if they did have a computer, it was on dial-up at home. You know, they had a- <laughs> oh, remember that. <laughs> they had a phone line. You'd wait for that phone line to ring you through. I remember that. <laughs> we're trying to convince people to let us sell their products back in the day of the, the day of starting marketamericanshop.com didn't make any sense because mm. why would anyone buy products online when they don't have computers at home? And so our, we just knew that our idea was an idea, idea whose time has come and that people would catch up with it at some point. And I think, you know, not giving up, you know, the, the process that it takes in order to succeed, you know, people don't understand that. They think that, you know, the glory is in the arrival and sure feels that way. But yet there's a lot of glory in the process because that's where all the learning happens, right? All the Mm -hmm. progress happens. And I always tell people, you cannot skip the process in order to get the result. You just can't. You have to, everybody has to go through the process. And that's where, yeah, that's where the pain is. That's where the, you know, the real guts are. Well, you got to have real guts to maintain and stay with it. And, you know, I was young, you know, I should have been out partying and having fun and right. doing those things. But I had this incredible vision with my husband and my brothers and sisters who were incredible. You know, I grew up with a very strong mom who was very supportive, very loving, but unfortunately passed away at 42, the first year of our business. She had a massive heart attack. My daughter was seven months old. So I had this oh seven month old daughter, lost my mom, who was my life had, you know, my three brothers and sisters and and my youngest brother was 13. So we felt compelled to take care of him. Even though my dad was in the picture, he was more of the the working dad. You know, the dad who wasn't really present, worked and always reminded his family how hard he worked for his family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And and it's not that I don't respect it or understand it. I do today. I just never want to be that parent to be the one who says to my daughter and my grandchildren, sorry, I can't be there. I'm working hard to pay for the house you live in, or I'm working hard to send you Mm. to high school. That's not what kids want to hear. What kids want to hear is they want to spend time with you. And so for me, I think it's, it's more about, it's more about the process and, and the journey. And I've never been afraid of the process because that's where all the things you get to learn are happening. And so people always are like, oh my God, we see you on stage. And I, when I do our conventions at our company, we have like 25,000 yeah, people. They're amazing, by the oh way. My God. They're, they're incredible. It's like they're a concert. Incredible. It is like a rock concert. But here's the thing. People are like, it must be so scary to go up there. It must be so hard. And I'm like, no, the hard part is before I get there. That's where the work happens. You know, the process. I don't have speech writers. I don't have people generate my presentation. I speak from my heart. So I put everything together myself. So if you, you know, if you understand what it's like, and most people, let's face it, girls, most people don't want to go through the process. That's why most people aren't successful. But you know what? I think a lot of people don't want to go through the process because they don't know what the process is. So like, I think people always know what the arrival is, right? The houses, the money, the, the bank account number that they want to see but they don't know what the process is. Even if like, let's say my dream is to start shop.com, right? Like you guys, people get so stuck, so fixated on the outcome Mm -hmm. that they don't know the daily tasks that they have to do every single day. Consistency is key. And I tell people, I know people don't want to hear that, but you nailed it. It's consistency. Mm -hmm. People see it as boring and it is, it can be. Mm Mm. And being consistent is boring to people. And I get it. It can be boring to me doing the same thing over and over again in order to succeed. But it's part of the process. And, you know, that journey is filled with a lot of things that you have to be consistent about. And most people are never keep their word to themselves. So, you know, someone will say to me, like, well, do you set New Year's resolutions? I really don't. And I'll tell you why. Because I set goals every month. I said I, I work on my goals daily, weekly, monthly. So I don't wait for a day to make my goals happen. That's just not my thing. I feel like that's a way to procrastinate for them not to happen. Right. And so sometimes many people who do New Year's resolutions, the only goal they ever keep is not keeping them. Yep. Right. The only commitment they ever keep to themselves is that they never follow through with them. So for me, I always tell people it's so important to set daily, weekly, monthly goals so you can measure, monitor, adjust, and control. And if you don't do that, forget about New Year's Eve resolutions. They're not 
to be meaningful in any way, shape or form. Right. Right. And so um, I just feel like, you know, I feel like people don't put in the effort that they should. They're afraid of it. They're afraid to do the work. They don't know the outcome. They want to know what the end result's going to be. It's right. like, you can't know what the end of a book is or the end of the movie is until you watch the whole thing, until yeah. you read the whole book. Yeah. So you can get the cliff notes, but it may not be the same. Exactly. And so I think people are afraid of, people are afraid of being committed to themselves. Mm. They're, they're afraid to make that commitment to themselves. Why? Sometimes it's because they're worried what other people may think, but truth of the matter is most of the time it's because they know they'll let themselves down. Yep. And that's exactly. really sad because sometimes we have, you've met people, I'm sure both of you, where you have more belief in them than they have in themselves. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's sad, right? Because it's almost like you see the potential, but they don't see it in them but yet they still talk about the dream and they kind of trap themselves in just the vision, but not the everyday. And I'll be honest with you, Lauren, I think her, you know, Stephanie and I, and the beginning of, because we come from entertainment first, um, we were always fixated on the dream because as little girls, that's all you see. Right. We're like, oh, we just want to make it. And then it's like, but what is making it? Right. What is the path to get there? And oh, what a path, Lauren, right? It's like, <sighs> it's, and it's true what you say. People don't want to do it because it is extremely painful. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the the pains and the struggles that you went through and why you didn't give up because it's so easy to not have the money and say, you know what, this business idea, guys, we've been doing it for five years. It's not working out. I'm going to get a job. I have a daughter and I just want to live my life. Talk to me a little bit about that. And why didn't you take that exit door? Uh, I think because I'm extremely motivated as a person, number mm -hmm. one, I'm extremely, extremely passionate. I'm extremely driven. I am totally challenged every day. And I look forward to it. I'm the girl who's like, give it to me. Give me more. Yeah. Give me more. <laughs> and, and more doesn't frighten me. Um, I am always up for a great challenge. I, I never want anyone to tell me no. I never want, you know, um, I never want to let myself down. Mm. And so I've, I've kind of created this, you know, circle around me. And, and I don't mean just with my friends and family, but myself, a commitment to myself. Like, I know what I'm capable of doing. I totally refuse to be around anyone who's negative. I just, I built my whole life that way. You know, when I told my husband, when I married him, look, if you can't make yourself happy, I'm not the girl to marry. Because I'm not the girl who's going to be like, come on, baby, we can do this. I'm not going to be your cheerleader. Yeah, yeah. I'll be your cheerleader with you, but I'm not going to kick you. You know, I'm going to just do it wow. with you. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you 100% of the way. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about the process and mm. I'm not afraid to go through the pain. I know that there is pain. I know that we will endure things that most people can't. How, how low did you go at one point? Oh, I mean, we had no money. I mean, it was really a, a sense of, uh, you know, fight <laughs> or, or do you be starving? You know what I mean? Like yeah, right. we had to, my parents didn't have money either. So my mom would give my husband and I macaroni and cheese to eat because wow. it was that tough. You know, we didn't have a car, the car that we got to get at the end of the day in our first couple of years, like was like a little Honda Accord with a broken mirror. This steering wheel would smoke up and sometimes we'd get electrocuted when we turn it on to drive it. <laughs> you know, the process of all of that and not quitting and not, mm. not giving up on people saying no, 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 closing the door every single time was, you know, challenging because, you know, you have to kind of psych yourself back up and say, you know what, they don't matter. And then mm. I realized a really easy trick. I would be able to eliminate them Ooh. if I wanted to. And I could do that by ignoring them and not taking their call and taking a mental vacation from them. And so mental vacations happened a lot for me. You know, I would take mental vacations from my dad because my dad, when my mom passed away in the first year of the business, my dad was still there. But I remember him telling me, oh, you think you're going to have it made one day and going to live like Disney World and have a house with housekeepers and live this grand old life and it's not going to be that way. So you should just be a flight attendant. You should just be this. Wow. And he kind of had his life set out for me. And the problem was that was his life not mine. Right. And I think, you know, until you come to that crossroads in your life and you say, you know what, 
I'm going to be authentic to myself. I'm going to be true to me. I'm not going to be good being somebody, what somebody else wants me to be. So I need to be me. And I told my dad really early on at the age of 18, I know you want me to work for Eastern Airlines, which was then became US Airways, which then became, um, I, I can't remember the other airlines, but it did. And, and I said, that's just not what I want. One day I'm going to be on a plane, but it's going to be one I own. Wow. And, you know, he didn't get that. You know, it was hard for him to accept that at first because it's so much easier for us as, as young adults to go with the flow and be who somebody else wants us to be or who our parents are directing us to be rather than stepping out like you guys or like I have and say, you know what, we're going to do what we want to do. And maybe everybody doesn't agree with it. And I might make some enemies along the way. And I might have to cut off some people along the way. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. It just means I need to take a mental break from you right now. And I've learned that, and I know that you guys have probably learned the same, that it's okay to take a mental vacation. It's okay to say, dad, I love you, but not right now. I'm not going to be hanging out with you right now. I'll check on you. I'll come check on you. I'll be here if you need me. But right now I got to be me. And that's a hard thing for people to do because what happens is generally it's not just their parents. You both know it's generally their best friend, Mm -hmm. their boyfriend, their girlfriend, somebody that they think they love. And that person is telling them not to go after their dreams or goals. And what happens is they're held back because of what somebody else wants for them because somebody else doesn't want you to succeed. They don't want you to make it because who, what, what happens to them when you leave them? Right. Well, if you make it, well, who's going to hang out with me? And so what happens is people choose not to choose to eliminate that person. And you cannot succeed with it being an impediment in your way. Yes. And it becomes these self-limiting beliefs that you, that can go on for years. And you don't even realize that it was because you were hearing these safe conversations in the circle that you were running with, right? The, the, the normal way of life. Right. And I say normal because normal is so subjective, but it's like, exactly. I choose the abnormal way. Yeah. And and even like, but that's your normal, right? Like no, there's no right or wrong way of life. It's just, what is it that you want? It's funny that you say that because you talk about what's your normal. And, you know, I remember very, vividly jennifer lopez and i were in vegas when she was doing her residency and we were sitting in a booth eating dinner or lunch you know like we were because i went for like a few days to see the show for a few days and we were talking about our schedule and how you know we always try to rendezvous whenever we can because you know there's only a handful (laughs) of us that are i mean a handful of us that are close friends for all these years and so we were talking about like how the magic formula works. And the truth of the matter is there is none. Mm. And whatever works for you, like for her and I, our schedule was always erratic. So if it meant having dinner at 1030 at night, that's what we would do. If it meant not sending our kids to school for the week and taking them with us and staying up till midnight with us so we can see them while we work, then that's what we would do. So that may not be normal, like you say, for someone else, but it's normal for us. And sometimes it's your normal, it's your normal that has to work and you don't need to apologize for that. And you said it perfectly. Yeah. I love that. And not allow the people to judge the way that you live your life. Right. Listen, I I can so relate to this conversation. You know, when our, our parents are Cuban, they came to this country when they were young, their dream was to, you know, have a business and make a life for themselves in the U S. And when we were about, when I was about 18, my dad finally broke through and, you know, found all this abundance in his life. And his dream was for us to work with him. And that was not our calling. Mm -hmm. And so many people are like, you're so stupid. You have a company that's already set up. You can take it over. And her and I decided to take a very challenging path and it takes, you know, a lot of prayer, right? We're women of faith. We're Christian. And I always say, God, you know, you led us here. (laughs) I don't know why, because this looks like a dead end to me. But you know what? I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and and figure it out. And it's hard because the especially when when it's your parents, right? They don't understand. Mm -hmm. They're like, why are you suffering so much? (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's like, but I know that this is what we have to do, right? And I love that you went through that too. Most people are afraid Mm -hmm. to do what you guys do. 
Yeah. Most the suffering part. Yeah. They won't do that, even though, because they think it means that they don't love their parents. And that is right. nothing to be further than the truth. I actually mm. love my parents so much that I have to show them I can do this. Yeah. And I think what you did is what 1% of the world will do. And the rest won't. And that's hard for us to accept because we have, and I say we, I mean me and the both of you have this incredible vision that people can be just like us because we truly believe in our heart that people can do and achieve anything they want to do. The problem is they're not willing to do all the things we're willing to do. And I always tell people, if you are really willing to do it, because I, you know, I try to mentor as many people as I can, but if you really are willing to do it, then you got to put everything aside. And you know that playing and going to the parties and doing the things that other people did when I was 18, I didn't do those things. I didn't get to go to the parties. (laughs) I I didn't get to go to the parties. I didn't go out to the nightclubs. I didn't stay all night drinking and partying and I didn't do drugs. And I didn't do the things that everybody else was doing and bragging and talking about and went on vacation and spring break and did all those things. No, I was the one working. I was the one packing boxes shipping things because we couldn't afford a shipping department. I was the shipping department. I was we were all the things. <laughs> we were customer service. Exactly. I was the customer. <laughs> Hi, this is Lauren. I had different names. Hi, excuse me. And, and, you know, distribution. I had oh, different so names funny. for myself every week. And, I love um, that. You know, and I just, I believed that it was going to happen. And mm. I think that when you do what you stepped out, what you both stepped out and did, well, that speaks volumes to people. People want to do it, but let's face it, Melissa, they don't do it. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. But you know what? If you say to people, hey, the outcome is great, just do this. And there's not going to be this timeline of saying, hey, by this time you'll get here because you never know when you will arrive. That's the truth. I think it gives people some peace. And I want to talk more about arrival, right? Because we still have a lot more years of hustle in us. <laughs> And I'm sure, and you already said it to us in the beginning. I, I'm not sure if we were rolling, but you're like, we're never going to retire, you and your the hubby. The hustle never ends. <laughs> it never ends. But I want to talk to you about that, right? Because, I mean, we live in Miami. We've seen your boat, you know, drive by. Like, <laughs> it's a little hard to miss, Lauren, off of getting the Julia Tuttle. <laughs> it's a little bit hard to miss. But, you know, you've, you've come to a place that a lot of people are striving for. of people are striving for, right? Right, Let's be honest. But did you ever expect the success, the amount of success that you reached? Like, did you ever really, did you, did you write down 1 billion in a napkin and sleep on it? Like, was it something that you really had in your mind? Like, talk to us a little bit about success. Such a great question. And, you know, I think It's one of the questions I'm asked a lot. And and to be honest with you, just being realistic and honest, you know, when you're on your way and you guys know this, even to the point you've gotten, I think you're just stars. You're just beginning, right? You're getting ready to go hard. So when you get to that point where, you know, you're on your way and you're, you're, you're fighting, you know, you're, you're doing whatever it takes to get there. And sometimes you have good days and sometimes you have more challenging days. I never, you never stop to record your success along the way because you're too busy getting there. Yeah. I never, I never remember saying like, you know, one day we're going to be billionaires. I just remember saying to my mom before she passed away and she was, you know, working at a dry cleaners for $5 an hour. And that killed me or three thirty-five, I think actually it was the minimum wage back then. And I said to her mom, one day, you're not going to work in the dry cleaners this time next year. And it was 1992, you know, my mom passed away in April of 1992. Um, and in 1991, I said this to her and I said, mom, one day I'm going to give you all the money you need. You're going to, I'm going to, we're going to move. We were living in North Carolina at the time. I said, I'm going to buy you that house that you always wanted to keep in Florida because we lived there growing up. I'm going to buy you the prettiest house on the water so you can lay out in the sun every day if that's what you choose to do. Wow. And just that's one powerful. day we're going to make it. And so for me, my first goal was to just get my mom that house that she wanted and back to Florida. But and, I feel like you um, did though, Lauren. Yeah. And even though she didn't get to go because she passed away a few months right. later in North Carolina, I got that house in Florida. Right. And, right. and you know, the most beautiful house in Florida for the last 22 years on the water. And I still have it to this day. And I still every day have her pictures everywhere reminding me that this oh, is her that's house. That's beautiful. Yes. And so it is her house. (laughs) It is her house. It is her house. And I think, you know, for me, I never really said like, 
um, you know, will we be this big? Will we be billionaires? You know, I never really thought about it like that. I just kept working and I still wake up every day and I walk down the stairs of my house in Miami and I say, I can't believe this is my home. And I still, and I've been in that same house for 22 years for, for me to walk down that staircase every day and say, this is my house. It's so beautiful. It's hard to believe. But you said something key right now. You said, I didn't think about that. I just kept working. Right. Kept going. And so I never counted the dollars. I just knew that money was the scoreboard. Oh my gosh. If anybody so could take anything today, please know this. Yes. <laughs> True. Like money was the distance scoreboard. So here's the thing. You and I both know this. It doesn't matter how much money you make once you make a lot of money. I'm just being honest. Like, there's no amount of money right now that could ever change my life or my kid's life or my grandkids' life. I've made enough for three generations, okay? Wow, but what a blessing. when you make that much money, you don't think about more money. You think about the people you can help. You think about how right, right. position things you can help more people. You think about different things. You don't think about, and even along the 29 years, I never thought, well, I'm going to, when I get that first check, I'm going to buy that purse. That was never my, on my mind. I was never that girl yeah. who needed to have the purse, the shoes, the bag, because I wasn't going out anyway at first. I was working so hard, there was no time. But then when I became super successful and I did start to have fun, you know, in my 30s more so, then I, buying the things I wanted was never an issue. But I also was very aware of one thing. And this is the thing that I think still makes me different today, that of all the things that I could buy, and I did when I was in my 30s, because I could, I was always aware of how hard it took for me to get that thing. So whether it was a purse or a chair in my office or a rug that my kids would run on and mud on the floor, I would always be conscious (laughs) of all the things that we did, that we had to do to get those things and appreciate them. So anytime I bought my daughter something special from the time she was young, because when she was born, I was just starting. We had nothing. But by the time she was five, five years in the business, we were already millionaires. So she didn't know what it was like to be poor. And I didn't know how to raise somebody differently because, you know, you raise this child and they're a rich kid. And and you kind of think, how do I make sure they understand the value of money? So I would give her things and say, I want you to appreciate them as much as your mom does, as much as I do. Um, And and now she has that philosophy of the things that I've given her. She takes careful care of, just like I did. And that was really important to me because it's hard to teach a child what it's like to have nothing when they have everything. And I think- if anything, that's always the biggest challenge for somebody who's become successful is like, how do I not just lead with love as a parent, but how do I make sure they understand how hard I work for it? So I could have stopped. I could have stopped along the way and said, you know what? I don't have to do anymore. Um, I don't need to make any more money. Um, and, and I still sometimes have those conversations with my husband. Just two days ago, we had all of our bankers in and I, I said to them, look, guys, I don't need to work much harder, but I do because I love what I do. I love helping people. That's the key. I want to figure out a way to get rid of it now, you know, because you can only have so much money when you go. You got to make sure when you cross the half point now that I'm 50, I think to myself all the time, like there's not much more that I can do before I got to start giving it away. So you think, well, how do I, how do I give this money away to my family and make sure that they still appreciate it and they keep going so my, my, my goal is to never stop working until the Lord says it's time yeah. because I feel like it's important for me to demonstrate to my daughter, my grandchildren, and they always can say, my Mimi works forever. She works all the time. She tries so hard to make everybody happy, but she always makes sure that she stops and plays with us and, and know that when they get that money one day that they can say, she didn't mind sharing it. And I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of different charities, but she didn't mind sharing it with us. And so I got to make sure that I do the same thing. I got to help other people. Yep. That's the key. I, I love that. It's key, right? I think it's key. And I think, you know, if I were to ever to say, did I think I would be as big as we are today? Probably, but not because I, I, I put a number down. It was more because right. I never slowed down. I never stopped mm. to say, 
you know, well, we didn't make enough money. I just said, we got to do better. We got to do better. We can do more. And I didn't mean more money. Let's do more to help people. I always looked at the situation as coming out with the product. Great. How are we going to help people with it? What's it going to do for people? Why will she like it? What will she need it for? How can we get it to her faster? How can we make her returns easier? You know, my conversation is more like that, right? So when you have those conversations with yourself, it doesn't really matter what the, you know, how much money you make, because whatever the good you do, I believe money always comes. Well, you know what it is, Lauren? It's about being of service. And that's something you saw early on. You are a servant. So through your work and through what you have built, whether that's through your family or your customers or the people that are in your organization, you are always thinking of a place of service. It's not about, well, how can Lauren become X, Y, Z? No, how can Lauren serve? Right. Where's the exchange? And we're all servants. Absolutely. But so many people, especially, you know, in our generation, because we have a lot of this... um, it's really old age, but we call it new age manifesting, all that stuff. This is like so basic in human kind of trajectory over the centuries. But people are so fixated on the number, right? And 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 I love hearing this from you. Mm-hmm. And specifically because you, you've gone through it, you know? And um, it's interesting we hear this so much that they're always so focused on the number, well, they or have to just focus on serving. You have to focus on your service. Where? Wh- yeah. I have to offer? tell you, I laugh when you say that because I'm, I'm laughing to myself because my husband always says to me, from the time I was literally 21, I opened up a bank account with him and I have never, ever balanced a checkbook, filled anything out or never thought about writing a check. I just always wrote it. And he said, do you ever wonder like if you have enough money in your account? And I was like, and I laughed <laughs> with him and I said, no, because I know that I work hard enough to have enough money to get by to do what I need to do. Oh, I love that. And That's so good. I've never thought about it. And I said, but I do pay somebody to do better things that, to do that for me because I'm not <laughs> good at that. But I would never write a check unless I knew the money was there in my mind. Because I right. think about everything I do on a daily and I know that I'm going to benefit from that in some form or fashion. As long as other people benefit, you will benefit. As long as you take Absolutely. the time to help other people yeah. succeed, you will succeed. And I tell people, so many people tell me, oh, well, we worked just as hard as you and it didn't happen for us. It must be luck. No, I don't believe in luck. I don't. I believe that people make their own luck. I believe that people Mm -hmm. do it for themselves. So, you know, for me, it's like, instead of trying to just make it happen for you, how about trying to help somebody else make it happen for them? Because then it will automatically happen for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that is so, so good. It's true, right? And, you know, people say, well, what is it that you do every day that makes it different? I mean, I truly believe that as people, we have a tendency to procrastinate. And so for me, it's the worst trait for somebody to have. And everybody in my family, they're afraid to even talk to me about something that they're like, well, what do you think? Like my daughter, I love her. My husband, they're both two peas in a pod. If I tell them, (laughs) hey guys, here's the situation. This is what you need to do. Let's make it happen. If it's like calling somebody and it may be uncomfortable or they don't want to make somebody feel bad and they put it off. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys are still waiting to do what you should have done four days ago. I'm the girl that wakes up every day and I do the hardest things first, no matter what. No matter what, the hardest thing starts first. So by the time one o'clock rolls around, guess what? I get to do what I want to do. Hang out with you guys, have a conversation with friends, have a cup of tea in the afternoon, go play superheroes with my grandkids, run around the yard and go in the water slide with them, do whatever I want to do. So I don't have to feel bad because if you build your day by doing the hardest things first, the things that most people avoid, the the challenges that most people hate, because let's face it, the thing that most people hate the most is confrontation. So if you are willing, right, to pick up the phone call and make that hard phone call, if you're willing to, if it's, you know, having a conversation with somebody that you manage and that you're avoiding doing that because you don't want to hurt their feelings or calling your mom and handling something that you shouldn't be doing, whatever the hard thing is, get it done first. So you can, because if you do it first in the first few hours, you've already succeeded for the day. Everything else is extra. Everything else is extra. Oh, I love that. So you feel at the end so of the day bad. like you succeeded. And also right. it's not weighing on you all day. So you're having a bad day because you know you got to get or that done. rolling on. I'm already done. My work. hard stuff's done today. Oof. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's some good. That's some good advice. I, Ooh, love, I love that. that. Oh, my gosh, Lauren. I, you're just a pot of gem. I do want to <laughs> ask you gold. a 
a business question, if you don't mind. So in our culture, especially like millennials either are entrepreneurs, have side hustles, or I don't know, they just have some sort of own business. And we've been taught to either raise capital, grab a loan, or just invest our entire money, our savings, whatever, into our business. What are your thoughts on that? How did you do it? We didn't raise any money. Um, okay. We we did it with the money. Which we is had. crazy because you're a tech company. <laughs> yeah, that's bananas. Nobody can believe it when they hear it. We had fifty thousand dollars that we had saved up from working other jobs, and we put wow. all of that into our business. And we didn't borrow any money. We didn't raise any capital. We didn't have any loans out, and we still have no debt to this day. Um, we're wow. really solid cash business. You know, we you know doing over a billion dollars a year now. And you just really, really solid, never had built any debt or anything, never, never borrowed anything. And I, I believe that people have a tendency to throw it away too soon. I think that people try to give away equity too fast. You know, sometimes it's better to build a team. What we did is we built a team of people. So I had my brothers and sisters. I have people I went to school with, high school with, friends that uh, were fathers and, and friends whose parents joined us. And, you know, we built this solid team of like 12 people. And we said, hey, listen, we don't have any money. I can't afford to pay you. I can give you a couple hundred dollars a week back then, you know, but if you stick with me and you stay with me, I promise you, there will be bonuses that will make you so happy that you'll be able to build the home of your dreams. And we kept wow. those words and we kept our words. So everybody who joined us back then is still with us today. We've never changed teams. We've never lost any of our team members over 29 years. Every promise we ever made, we kept. Um, we didn't have to give away all the equity. The only person who has equity besides my husband and I is my brother, who's the president of the company, because he puts so much of his heart into it. Um, so we've never had to give away equity, but we still treat people like partners. And I think that's the difference. So everybody's a partner. Everybody gets, a, we distribute shares of money to people um, based off their performance and the success of the company because, you know, we've been a team for all these years and everybody's contributed and it takes a village to make that happen. And in the days when they couldn't afford to put gas in their car to show up at my house where we had our office at the time, um, now they have dream homes themselves, but you know, you have to be a person who can keep your word. So instead of having to give away the whole company, we didn't, but we still treated people like they were our partners in it. Some people are just so quick to give everything away that they don't even analyze what they're doing. Well, I think they're desperate, right? Yeah. Yeah. They get desperate rather than saying, how can I build a strong team? So I always say, don't get desperate until you've built a strong team. And when I say build a strong team, everybody around us is stronger than me at things I'm weak at. Right. And people have a tendency, and you guys know this. See, you guys are so opposite yet so similar, right? You yeah. like the same things and you don't. And that's right. what makes you both amazing and great. But most people aren't, they're too afraid to find somebody who may be better than them. Oh. And that's, that's not that's good, huge. right? And that's not good. So I always want someone who's better than me me at something I'm not good at because I don't want to try to pretend I'm good at everything. I need help. Absolutely. And in order to succeed, you need that help. So you always, I always tell people, find the perfect team first, find the team that'll stay with you through thick and thin when there's money and when there's no money, you know, when there's great lunches and there's none, you know, whether it's Wendy's right. or fancy meal, stay with, build that team, find that team that you can trust and say, are you willing to put it in there with me and not, don't give me 50%, give me hundred percent. Mm. Cause I always believe that marriages don't work when you give them 50%. You got to give a hundred percent. Yeah. Gotta. Same with business. Absolutely. So you find that team and that's what you do. Yes. You mentioned a, a couple things. Definitely. I feel like people struggle with the ego tendencies and it's also just a lack of self-awareness. You know, some people, are so just caught up in their ego because they think that that's the key to confidence, the which fake it's not. it till you make it. Right. <laughs> they just get so caught up in that. And we quickly learned that that, it, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. And, and it's just interesting how many people get in their own way because they get stuck on this ego because they think it's being self-confident or it's also shame. Like, oh, I suck at that. Yeah. And admitting that, right, is like, 
a stab to their ego or their confidence or whatever. But what you just said is so powerful because you're like, I know my strengths and I'm just going to look for somebody just to to do something that I might not be the greatest at and, and focus on that. And I'm not in the greatest at. That I'm not the greatest at. And I want to find right. somebody who's great at it. And I want somebody to compliment me. In fact, I always tell people, find the very best person you can better than me. But I know in my mind that that may be hard to do because not everybody's willing to work as hard as me, but I hope they are because I'm willing to take them. I'm never that girl. I was never the girl in school who told you to wear the red dress that looked ugly on you. I was the one who told you wear the blue one that looked gorgeous on you. Yeah. And you know, we all have those girls in our life, right? Yes. You guys crack up laughing when I say it because you know that girl who told you and it wasn't your sister. No, no that's why that never. girl or those girls are no longer in our life. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So why would you want the girl around you who's not going to be honest with you? Right. Why would you want the person around you who wants you not to succeed and not to be your best? So I want to have somebody who makes me feel my best by giving their best at what I'm not. I want them to shine, make us all shine, not just me shine. And that's the difference. I think so many people can't get out of your, their own way. Like you said, they can't get out of their way. And so they need to have this spotlight on them rather than saying, you know what? There's a place for all of us. You know, one of the things I love about all my friends is all my friends are successful and different. Some of them are famous. Some of them are not famous. Some of them are rich. Some of them are poor, but they all bring something to the table and it's positivity. It's, 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 it's growth. It's mm. movement. You know, I'm not going to hang out with somebody who says, why are you doing that, Lauren? It'll never happen. I want somebody who says, you are a genius to make that happen. Come on, girl, you yes. can make it happen. Yes. And you know, when you have that in your life and you built that type of tribe around you, well, there's nothing that can stop you because you are so empowered to succeed. Mm. And you should want to build the same thing for you. You should want to build that same team around you. I've never understood these women who actually hire people or men who hire people to make others feel belittled. What's the point? Right. I want people to fly, you know? No, you want them to be happy because therefore everybody succeeds, right. right? If nobody's on the same frequency, how in the world is the business going to thrive? Mm -hmm. And how is everybody as a collective going to thrive, right? I think that there's like a miscommunication. Um, so I love that you said that. And I think it's important, especially women, you know, I mean, we don't feel this way, but the, some people like to compete and say, well, you know, or even as, as the owner, you don't want to hire that person because they're like, well, what if she like takes all my ideas and then does the same business <laughs> and then she succeeds and then I don't, you know, we've met a lot of those as well. Have you encountered that or what are your thoughts on that? Of course. And I think it's just, you have to be in control of what's right for you and the business. It cannot yeah. be an ego. I like leave your, we have this little sign that we keep at the company, leave your ego at the door. Yes. Oh, I love that. And it's it's really important because if you start coming in with your ego at the door, then you're making decisions that are irrational. And I always have another thing that I live by that I think is so important is when you don't know what to do, do nothing. Mm, you don't that's know a good do, one. Do nothing. And here's why. Whether it be in your personal life or your professional life, if you're mad at somebody at home, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you're not sure what's going on, don't react. Until you know what to do, until you can be clear in your head, do nothing. There's not, no time is going to make a difference if you wait a day or two in order to act. The same thing when it comes to business. People will write me. I had this happen today. Somebody wrote and said, hey, what do you want to do about this person who we were having a situation with at the office? Now, the person is harmless, okay? But for that person who asked me, they wanted an answer right then and there. Mm. And I'm not going to be that person that gives the answer. So I said, to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to do. So when I don't know what I'm going to do, I'm going to do nothing. You know what? Because oh it's God. not going to make, it's not going to change what happens today. Or if I decide Friday or next week, I want right. to do what makes sense. And I want to do it when I'm clear, when my mind is clear, when I have true, truly can clear my mind out to think about what's the right decision, or if it's about a product, what's the right thing to do. And I feel like when we don't have a clear mind, we make wrong decisions. I just Absolutely. won't do that. Oh I, I won't do that. I'm really conscious about the things I want to do intentionally. I'm, I intentionally try to give people the time. Either we set people up to fail 
or we set people up to win. And I always say, if somebody didn't work out for me, I question myself, did I set them up to fail? Did I give them the tools that they needed? Mm, wow. Did I give them the questions? Hey, you pointed at I yourself. Yeah. Questions. Did I help them? And if I say, well, you know what? I was so busy. I didn't really give them time. I'll call them up and I say, you know what? I want to do this again with you. But if I gave them everything and they failed me, then I know what the difference is. But you can't right. make logical decisions unless you're clear. And so when you don't know how what to do, don't do anything. Just wait. Do nothing. I love wow. that. That's very, very good. I we're definitely gonna take that and put it in our pocket. That was very, very good. <laughs> it's, it's, so a good one. it's a really good one. And I truly that believe one. it's one of the it things is. that I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm best at, which is I just try not to, you know, I get emotional. I'm a human being. We to say I wouldn't react, right. meaning I might be upset about something. I might, you know, because I'm extremely passionate. So when you're passionate, it's impossible not to show your passion on your sleeve. But I also don't react, you know, so I'm also like, you know, I might be vocal about it, but I'm not going to make any, you know, rash decisions. And so because of it, the end result is I've never really regretted anything. Mm. And when you don't regret anything, you don't feel bad about the decisions you've made. Yeah. And so every decision I've made I always can go back and say, I made that decision because it was the right time to make that decision. Would I have done it differently now? Maybe, but I made the right decision then. And I can live with myself because of it. I don't make up stories in my mind to make myself feel good. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so many people do that. Don't you think so? They're like, oh, oh my God, it didn't work out. I can't show up for the meeting. Sorry, Melissa and Stephanie. I can't show up because, well, this doesn't work out and so-and-so let, let me down. Listen, we all have the same amount of hours every day. Yep. We all well, have the same amount of hours. Yes. And the lack of accountability. Yes. We're having a big issue, you know, in today's world. Like people do not want to take accountability for themselves. And they make an excuse for the reason why they're not here or this or that. And it's, it is so yeah. frustrating. <gasps> people need to take accountability for their life. 100%. They have to do that. They have to do that. And you know what? Sometimes we can be drug into that. You know, as successful people are people on a mission, right? You'll have people who don't want to be held accountable, people who don't want to be a part of the team. And I just have to cut the cord. And I get my scissors out and I'm like, I'm cutting you out. And if I I cut you out, it's because you passed me the scissors. Yes. Because you are not being accountable for your work. Everybody, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to do things wrong, but to not own up to it and make excuses, like you said, well, that causes us all to fail. So, you know, I just feel like, like you guys, it's, it's hard to get people to show up. And when I say show up, I mean, be accountable, you know, be, be responsible. Say, you know what, this was my job to do and I'm accountable for it. And I want to show up and do it the right way. And I still do that today. You know, when we have our weekly management meetings, we have one tomorrow at three o'clock. I always make sure that I show up as as an owner. I show up in front of all of the 15 other management team members, which are all vice presidents, and my husband, who's the CEO. And I, oh, and my brother is the president. I always show up making sure that everything is done on my list. Because I don't want to be the one that people be like, oh, she didn't get it done. She took advantage that her husband was right. the CEO. No, 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 no. I didn't take advantage of nothing. I don't need my husband. I've never asked my husband for a dollar. I make my own money. Do you know what I mean? I love that. And and so Lawrence. I want to make my own. I want to show up for the, the, the I'm, I'm here for the fight with you. I love it. I love this interview because it's when you just speak. You can already see you're a self-aware person. You're a go-getter. You're a motivator. Like you don't just preach it. You are it. And, you know, you're also accountable for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like all that we're talking about is wh- who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And what fascinates me, Lauren, is that, you know, Mel, Mel mentioned we've been following you for years and so many people just don't know this about you. And, you know, when they see JR, it's like, oh, now I get it. Why? And it's like, no. It, it irritates no. me. It irritates me. I'm sure me. it does. Oh, I'm like, you guys have no idea. Couldn't. I never forget my first Christmas with JR. He gave me the, you remember, you know, the footprints poem, you know? Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. You know, when, where were you, God, when I needed you the most, I was there carrying right. you. He gave that. me, he gave me that plaque and he had gave me a note and said, one day 
for Christmas. I will fill this entire room, and it was a small room because we lived in a small apartment. I will fill this room with gifts for you for Christmas one day when I can afford to buy you one. And at the time, I remember thinking, this guy's the nicest guy I've ever met. I was mad in love with him. I was mad in love with him. I was 18, you know? And I remember thinking, he's going to be something special one day. We're going to be this dynamic duo. We're going to change people's lives. And do you know that that next year, he filled that room with gifts, that same room with gifts, all the way to the ceiling. As small as that room was, they were filled the room and do you know that the first one he ever gave me I always joke was a cubic zirconia because that was all he could afford but one day (laughs) 10 years into our 10 years into our our business and in 2002 he said to me one day I told you I was going to buy you a real diamond the biggest diamond I could ever find and he took me to take up the jeweler and he did and he said that is the biggest the biggest one you'd ever find (laughs) And, you know, be a person of your word, Mm. you know, be a person of your word, show up, man, be a person of, keep your word. Even if your word is like I said, in the beginning days, when I told my my team, I don't have any money to pay you. I don't know how you're going to afford to get here. We can all carpool, whatever we can do. I don't know how you're going to eat because I don't know how I'm going to eat this week. But I will tell you this, it will be one day you'll buy your dream home. And one day you'll be able to have all the things you wish for because you stayed with me. Because I'm going to make this. I'm not going to quit on you. So as long as you don't quit on me, you're going to be along for the ride. And they did. And some of them had, of course, more value than others along the way. Right. But they were all taken care of and they're all still there. And to this day, even when they don't have their strengths at certain things, we do the same thing we do with ourselves. Let's find somebody where they're weak. And bring them in to help them. And so they can shine. So everyone can shine. And I still think that that's the true key to success. I I still feel like the the real key to success is not quitting, not giving up, knowing that you can achieve anything you want, but be willing to tackle the world. Put everybody else to the side. Find your sister, your best friend, and just say, you know what? Run with me. Go with me. And when you do that, that's why when Melissa wrote me originally and she told me you guys' story, I was so blown away because to grab your sister and do it together, that's powerful, man. Most people won't do that. They don't even like their sister, most people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so sad. I, I hate when I hear that. Yeah. Do it is amazing. And that means you're you're just beginning. That's why I wanted to do this with you guys. You guys are just beginning. So don't let anybody dim your shine. Yeah. You know? And we appreciate you for doing that. That means a lot to us, Lauren. So much, because you are a person that we truly admire. And the fact that you said yes, because, you you know, you go on this journey and you know it when you first started shop.com, right? It's like you get all the no's. But then when you get the yeses, it's like, it's like, um, I'm not going to get emotional. Stop. (laughs) I know. It's hard for me not to also. I get it. Because you're like. No, no, no. But then, you know, we're like, no, but we got to keep on. And like, now we're in this set. And it's just a Yeah, humbling. we started in such a small closet. Yeah. Our parents have a, a construction company and in the back of their warehouse, we just took over the small little closet. We didn't have, I mean, we had little equipment and, yeah. you know, That's and now the best we're here, story so. in the world. But to be yeah. seeing your face, <laughs> honestly, but to be seeing your yeah. face, it's like, because we've been following you for a long time. You are definitely a person that we admire, especially as women, yeah. you know? There's not a lot of successful women. Right. And with with meaning and intention, because you can right. see a successful woman, but she her heart is not seen like yours is seen. Mm-hmm. Your intentions, you know, you, you're you the are, real deal. You really are. Oh, yeah. I love you guys. And I feel like I know that that's what you guys have. I knew it as soon as you wrote me. I was very connected to you right away. That's why I got back to you right away when you told me. I was like, yes. And, and I wanted to do it in person. But then I was worried I wouldn't be there. And I didn't want to commit to something I couldn't do. That's why I said virtual right away. And sure enough, I ended up coming here at the last minute, like I thought. But I always want to show up. I always want to be present. I always want to keep my word. And I'm always inspired by other people like yourself who don't quit, who don't stop, who, you know, grab that girl, that guy who's going to run with them and say, you know, we're in it to win it. You know, we're doing it together. And it's not afraid to say, you know, mom and dad, I'm sorry. I, I can't take this, this road with you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. I'll be here for you. Uh, I, you know what I mean? Pray that you have 
somebody like you have each other, you know, and I'm so blessed because I have my two brothers and my sister and all of them work with the company. All of them are executive with executives with the company that my daughter is, you know, grown to successful brands inside the company and watched me work really hard. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm so proud of where we've come yet. I know that we have to go so much further. I know that I'm here to do a lot more still. And I think that, you know, when I think about all the things that I've done and all the things that I've had, I never add them up. Like I said, they're always the scoreboard. It's always about who else can I help next to, you know, what else can I do to make a difference? You know, I want to leave a mark on my life that somebody says, Hey, she was great. She helped me no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, Lauren, you have dropped endless gems that I don't even know, like how are we going to put this into like a promo clip? Because there's just so (laughs) many great things. But before we leave you today, you know, I would love for you to share, you know, maybe some best advice for, you know, the millennial women, the women of our generation, and maybe share your tools, like your, maybe your morning routine, or how do you get your mind right? Because I feel like if you, in order for you to be successful in anything, it's got to be here. Uh, It's placed here, then it's got to be here. So what is that for you? All about mindset. My whole life is about mindset. And so first of all, you got to control your time. There's the two most important commodities we have, as you both know, are time and building relationships. So for me, like my relationship with you guys is now very important to me. So you want to build on relationships. Why? Because you can always, if you build on a relationship you met today, then you can always be there for each other if you need each other. So building relationships, number two, most important commodity. And the first one is time. We can't control time. doesn't matter how much money we have. And we're all waiting in line for God to call us. We have no idea what, what part of the line he's going to pull us at. And, you know, we're all you, me and everybody else are all in that line. And we sometimes get shocked because we'll get a message that a friend that we love passed away. And we're like, whoa, they're supposed to be way back there. Yes. And they're not. And they're all the way been brought up to the front of the line. So, I want to make the line count. I want to do everything I can while I'm in the line. And that's why I tell people, you got to control your time. You got to wake up in the morning, do the hardest things first, no matter what. So you know what? So you can do the things you love the most. And it doesn't have to be about money. It can be about just your time. So you should wake up and do the hard, tackle those hard things first. So once they're done, like you said earlier, Stephanie, and Melissa, you already feel accomplished. You already feel like you've won the day. You've already won and you both understand that well. The second most important thing to do is to do something that makes you happy. For me, that's being with my grandkids, for sure, my daughter, spending that time with them. I put my soul into it. So if I do something, I live by the word soul. And if I'm going to work and make the calls I have to do, I'm going to put my soul into it. If I show up for the meeting and I've got to train people, I'm going to put my soul into it. And that means I'm going to give them all I got. Because I do understand there's a very powerful word in our life called value. And you talked about it earlier, the the exchange, the universal exchange is value. And money is not evil. (laughs) Money is just the exchange of value we give for people, right? It's what we do. So I say, if if you're going to give me your time, I don't want to waste your time. I hope I gave you value today. Because some of you will be watching this. And I hope that you can walk away and say the three of us gave you something right? Mm, that's the that's goal. How you, that's how you feel. You want the, I want, and you want the same thing. We want everybody who watches this to say, well, I hope I got, I hope we gave you something for giving your time for watching this for us. So value is so important. Time is so important. So I want you to take advantage of that. Do something you love doing that makes you happy because there's a lot of things in life that you'll have to do and on your way to success that aren't pleasurable, that won't feel good. But if you're still balancing by having something that you love that you do, you'll be happy. You won't be able to do everything you want to do, but one day you will. Ooh, one day you good. will. Lauren. Powerful. <laughs> Let me just oh tell you. God. Last thing I'm going to say. Go for it. Is don't go to bed. And I have these all over my desk. You'll see. And I'll send you a photo. You'll crack up. I'll DM it to you. Or you'll send me your <laughs> cell phone number. All over my desk are sticky notes. And I have a whole wall here filled with them. Every one of these represents a month to me. And I have all of the amount of months I'm supposed to have in a quality life left on my board. 
So every time I remove one of these notes, I've lost a month of my life, but I've also accomplished a lot. So when you pull that note off, each one of them have very defined goals, like big ones or big, the big bucket items, right? Like move the company to this level, make sure you do your last will and testament, whatever they are, they're big ones. I have a lot on here. I'll I'll send you a photograph. You'll be amazed. (laughs) I got to see this. Every time I take one off, it's one month less that I have to live. So I make sure that it was so big then I accomplished so much in that time that taking it off felt good. Mm. And that's really important. So never go to bed without writing your list of things to do on little sticky notes and keep those daily ones right in front of you on your desk. So you can see them every day because I'm old fashioned that way. I need to be able to see it because we don't go back to our emails. Let's stop lying. We, we get right. emails for weeks and then we forget them. We're like, oh my God, I forgot to answer the email. What do I do? (laughs) I write it down on a little sticky note. My big goals on the big sticky notes and my little goals every day, the things I got to do right in front of me. So every night before I go to bed, I already know what I have to do the next morning. Mm. And I don't schedule any calls between eight and 1030 in the morning. Why do I do that? Because I need to control my time. That's the time I'm going to try to be clear and make some conscious decisions about the things that could affect the future, whether it be for the company myself, my children, my husband. I tried to take that time, have breakfast with the family. Because if you start taking calls that you're not in control of at nine o'clock, even though you may be the boss and you start getting a call and somebody starts calling you and tell you all the bad news of the day, you've already started your day off on the wrong foot. Right. I'd rather control my time. And control the energy that comes in and out. Yes. If I I don't know it at 10 o'clock, unless it's an emergency, What's the difference knowing it at 1030 versus eight (laughs) o'clock? My point is, is that at least you get to control your time. And I think that's the most important thing. And don't quit because, you know, women, I'm a big proponent of women. You know, you can be anything you want to be. We all know that women are actually better than men. And I believe it with all (laughs) I am. And that doesn't mean I don't love men because I do. I have two brothers and a great husband, but I truly believe that if you're happy that you have a man, um, a husband, a boyfriend, somebody who really pushes you and supports you, because if somebody doesn't want you to fly, they don't want you to succeed. And you may not be looking in the mirror, but that's not the right person. The person who wants you to flourish, the person who wants to put your wings back on, not clip them, is the person you should be with. And so, you know, fly and, and you can achieve anything you want and believe in yourself believe in yourself and stop worrying about what people think. Cause if you only realize how little they really do, you wouldn't worry at all. Wow. That's really beautiful. Lauren. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. amazing. We are so beyond grateful. Value. Like I, I love you guys. Them. You guys are incredible. Uh, no, Thank we you. love you. Honestly, without a doubt. I know that. So the goal was accomplished. You are such a gem. I, I, you have blessed us with so much value. And so I know whoever is listening or seeing this right now is going to feel the same thing. And, you know, you're just amazing. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. And make sure you DM me your cell phone because I'm going to text you. Yeah, I will. I will. I love you guys so much. We We love love you, you. Lauren. Let's do this again soon. Okay. Yeah. Yes. When you're, when you're back in Miami, please. Well, in person. Yes. On the boat. Oh, don't tempt me with a good time, Lauren. Don't tempt us with a good time. On the boat. We'll film from the boat. Oh, that'd be fabulous. That'd be nice. I love that. Love Love you, guys. Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you want to follow Lauren and more on her journey, please follow her on Instagram at Lauren Reidinger. Subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite platform. You guys, this helps us bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. And text us to the phone number below for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. As always, we encourage you to continue on with this conversation and also to keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love. Melissa. And Stephanie Carcace.